We're going bargain hunting on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean Riley, recording from Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. And joining me today is the inspirational Dylan Lewis. How's it going today, Dylan? I love inspirational. That's a good one. You uh, you inspire creativity in others. I looked it up in the dictionary. That is fantastic. You bet. What an intro. All right. So uh, markets had a little bit of a pullback. Tech names have been beaten up. What are we talking about specifically today? Today, I think we're going to do a little bargain hunting. Uh, so, we're shopping? Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, market's been hit by some macro concerns lately, and I think... While some names have begun to stabilize, and I think the broader market's begun to stabilize, we're still seeing a couple companies that uh, have been dinged, and maybe uh, for their own reasons. And so, uh, these two kind of compounded on top of each other might provide investors with a nice little buying opportunity. For sure. So, um, without further ado, the first company that I really wanted to talk about was Netflix, mm-hmm. um, everybody's favorite streaming media service. <laughs> um, there's two reasons it's been beaten up. The first, of course, which is you know what we already talked about, which is market craziness. Yes. And uh, you know, first rule about market craziness is don't talk. About don't talk. About it. You just can. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. So that will be the last mention. Right. Right there. Um, but the other thing is, um, it's basically just concerns, and this is not the first time we've seen it with Netflix. But the uh, the other reason is just concerns about competition, and uh, in particular. It's uh, uninked deal with Epics, uh, the, uh, the the cable network. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that deal expired and was not renewed. Right. So long story short, we talked about this a little bit on uh, Tuesday. Our listeners will no doubt remember. Um, Epics is co-owned by the big three: Viacom, MGM, and uh, Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. And they, it's the newest of the major cable uh, channels, and I mean, it's it's part of the premium package. This is not a basic cable kind of a thing, right? But um, basically, and this is the sad part, you're basically not going to see movies like Hunger Games and World War Z on Netflix anymore. Really? That's, I mean, it's not like you know knockout by any stretch, but that's that's a hit. Those are big names. They are yeah. absolutely. Um, regarding the the company didn't re-sign its agreement, which essentially means that they're not going to get these names. And Netflix's own chief content officer, Ted Sarandos, actually had to come out on the company's blog and say why. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to regurgitate what he said, but the important key here was um, he pointed out that studios are they're not adapting as quickly as Netflix would like to the streaming world, mm-hmm. as I'm sure we've all noticed. If a movie is Let's call it good mm-hmm. or popular. You're gonna, it's going to be over a year before you get it on mm-hmm. a streaming service. Right. Like you're going to have to pay f- five bucks even to stream it six months later. And that's a decision on the studio's part to try right. to juice uh, cinema right. profits and DVD profits. Right. right. And yeah. whenever I see a movie that just recently came out on Netflix, uh, you know, and it was just in theaters three months ago, I'm like, yeah, this is probably a real winner. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the key point that uh, the chief content officer made in his blog was. And I, I actually am going to reread this. Um, while many of these movies are popular, they are also widely available on cable and other subscription platforms at the same time as they are on Netflix and subject to the same drawn-out licensing periods. Mm-hmm. Through our original films and some innovative licensing agreements with the movie studios, we are aiming to build a better movie experience for you. Here's what's coming in the next few months. And he talks about um, Sofia Coppola teaming up with Bill Murray. I mean, this is actually going to be really funny, I think. Yeah. But uh, Murray Christmas, they're actually going to do do a um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Green Legend movie. 
Um, so they're going in the more uh, the original content route, mm-hmm. like they've had success with House of Cards and everything, because uh, people want new content that's fun and interesting and entertaining, and the studios aren't playing ball with it. So, it, so the idea here is you can get these movies, like The Hunger Games, World War Z, They can get it anywhere else. It is so, a competitive decision, and Netflix is making the decision to not have what everybody else has, but to have their own original stuff. Yeah, wow. Um, that's, that's really interesting. It's, you know, it is what it is. Um, the other thing that's been hitting Netflix, particularly today, is a tweet. A tweet. A tweet. A tweet. The danger um, of a tweet. Yeah. I, God. Okay. So, uh, the other key factor that's dragging down Netflix as of late is a short case put out by Andrew Left of Citroen Research. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan, any idea who Andrew Left is? No. No. I haven't heard the name yeah. before. Um, he's a famous short seller, and his actual claim to fame is in 2012. He posted a short case on, um, you may remember this, that uh, New Skin Enterprises, the skincare company. Yeah. He was the one that spearheaded the short case about their operations in China. This caused, actually, the Chinese government to investigate them. The stock fell 50% in three days when he put out the case, and the Chinese government announced the investigation. Mm-hmm. And it has not recovered since. Wow. So he's so he was right there. somewhat effective, yes. Yeah. Um, so what's he saying now? Right. So he's been pretty effective, and he's mostly focused on Chinese companies, but now he's turned his sights on Netflix. Mm. Uh, I was actually kind of disappointed when I read the tweet. So I actually pulled it up, and you can head on over to Citron Research's Twitter page if anybody cares. Uh, he says, Citron stayed away, but finally timed time to short NFLX. Competition heating up, he, sh- he abbreviates competition, heating up, and doesn't have another trick like Apple, Google, or Amazon. Back to 80. Wow. At the time of this recording, Netflix's stock was at 98, so it dropped to 80. I mean, it was at 50 a year ago. This is not, oh, God, the sky is falling yeah. or anything like that. And that's why I was disappointed. But um, he's his his concerns about the competition are there. I mean, he they just didn't, they didn't ink the deal with Epix, and now we hear rumblings about Apple starting to own streaming media service next year. Mm-hmm. Amazon's rocking it. They've won Emmys, so... His point is Amazon and Google and all those other companies. They've had they have things they can pivot to to still make money. Mm-hmm. Netflix is a streaming media service, and that's it. Wow. So I don't know. Surprising to hear from one of the market darlings. You know, I mean, like right. they're, they're a company that is kind of like largely revered. Right. No, and it's they've got. How do I explain? It? They've had this halo, and we'll get to their valuation in a minute before we move on here. But they've had this halo around. You know, they're being awarded a stratospheric valuation. Um, and it's kind of similar to Amazon's. They're trading like three, four hundred times this year's gap earnings. Right. And the reason is, if they're successful in capper- capturing a meaningful percentage of their future market, they'll be enormous, gargantuan, these standard oh, abs- oil size type. Absolutely ubiquitous. Yeah. yeah, it'll be huge. And that's why they're getting these valuations. But if the tiniest little needle comes along and tricks that balloon, uh-huh. I mean, it's kind of what you're seeing a little bit of right now. Okay. So, so, so with that said... How do you feel about the stock, and what are you it's, looking for at Netflix? So I head on over. I I went on over to our friends at S and P Capital IQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that are not aware, they are not free cash flow positive. So there's mm-hmm. that. They keep investing in new content and services, and opening up in Australia and Japan. So that's fine. They're currently trading for 400 times this year's gap earnings, and according to S and P Capital IQ analysts that have been polled in 2019, so four or five years from now, they're going to earn four bucks per share. Okay. So they're trading at 25 times. Earnings from five years from now. Yeah. 
it's it seems like it's on the line, and the stock would have to fall a good bit more for me to uh, uh, become interested. Mm-hmm. That being said, I remember all too well late last year in 2014 when the stock cratered and it hit 50 bucks, and I was like, "Oh, competition! They're never going to make any money." Blah blah blah. It doubled since then. Yeah. It, it's double. It's still a double since then, right now. Mm-hmm. So I I'm remembering their ability to surmount many hurdles in their life so far. So you're sitting on the sidelines now. I am, but, but what what about for existing shareholders? Is this something to worry about or if you if you're an existing shareholder, I'm assuming that you have bought into the company's story. Mm-hmm. The story's still there. Okay. So yeah. It's great to hear. Be strong, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, before we move on, I did want to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all our industry-focused listeners. If you have found this conversation informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter, started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for all of our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And if you're just joining us, it is the tech edition of Industry Focus, and I'm sitting here with Dylan Lewis, and uh, we're going up and down the aisles of Wall Street looking for some tech stock bargains. Yep. Uh, we just finished talking about Netflix. What have you got for us, Dylan? So I think it's natural just to talk about Umbrella and with them, GoPro. I think it's kind of a natural pair. You see them move a lot together in the market. Uh, and news from one tends to affect the other because of their strong supply relationship. So, for our listeners that uh, may not be aware, and me, uh, <laughs> why do they move in tandem? Is one a supplier for the other? What's yes. the deal? So, Umbrella is a supplier for GoPro. Uh, they are a semiconductor company. Uh, they develop low-power, high-definition, ultra-HD video compression and image processing products. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so their components are used primarily in HD, ultra HD cameras. Um, they some of the applications are security IP cameras, sports cameras, wearables, flying cameras, and automotive dash type recorders. Got it. So, so and, uh, and looking at how that breaks out for revenue for them, uh, GoPro is about twenty five percent of their. So revenue. it's a chunk yeah, for sure. Big chunk. Yeah. Um, so the, as I understand it, they just had a really good quarter. Yeah. Like really good. So they just reported earlier this week uh, earnings. Pretty nice report. Uh, revenue was up seventy nine percent to eighty four point two million. Uh, analysts were expecting eighty one point seven million. So that's a nice beat right there. Yeah, um, and that is the fifth consecutive quarter uh, where they've had year over year growth acceleration. Right, which is another nice thing you'd love to see. Uh, their adjusted earnings soared one hundred and fifty percent to hit twenty nine point seven million. Uh, roughly eighty eight cents a share on expectations of eighty cents a share. So they're doing all this and they're profitable right now. Yeah. Which Kudos, yeah. Amazing. No, that's awesome. And this is the sixth consecutive quarter that Umbrella has beaten the street's income estimates by a double digit percentage margin. And yet Wall Street doesn't seem to be happy. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Wall Street always wants it all. Uh, they want incredible earnings and they want to see really awesome guidance as well. And and so this is another case where Looking back, things look great. Looking forward, there are some adjustments that people need to make. But I think the reality is, and you know, some we'll get into, people should have seen this coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, guidance didn't look great. Um, basically, what happened was, you know, they're reliant on new product launches and feeding the components to these larger right. products. And so, they experienced a lot of their end customers launching products in Q2. Right. So, GoPro, uh, some of the dash cams that I mentioned. Um, and most notably, uh, GoPro uh, debuted its latest hero model, the Hero 4 Session. Uh, Xiaomi, Chinese manufacturer, also began ramping up some of their wearables. And so, uh, from the conference call, 
Q3 guidance is showing that the wearable market is going down sequentially and also year over year because of product ramping up slightly different from last year. But even with that down, our Q3 growth is still over 40% year over year. Um, basically, what, it was hap- a shift. what happened was, yeah. instead of all of these product launches coming in Q3, which they have been historically, most notably for uh-huh. GoPro, we're seeing it in Q2 instead. As if that would throw off all the buy-side analysts, Excel spreadsheet models. Um, I did have a question. Um, are they who, What competitors to GoPro is Umbrella in? Because as the market itself grows, it seems because that's the bear case against GrowPro is that oh they'll just get competed away and their margins will get mm-hmm. you know destroyed and so is Ambrell in any of the competitors? How do they look there? Uh, they mentioned Xiaomi in their conference call, so, so I have, if so, so I have to assume that they're working with them. Yeah, uh, but a GoPro is like one of the staples of the right. supply chain. Yeah, got it. So uh, they're the ones to watch, and I, I think that's why you start to see them move on the same news. Um, so what do you make of all this? If I'm a shareholder, like what's where are we? Yeah, I, I think the important thing to realize here is like they guided for this last quarter. Like I have that in all caps in my notes here because <laughs> I, I think it's so important to notice. Uh, so this is what they said in their uh, their guidance for the previous report. Uh, the unusually high number of new product launches we are experiencing in Q2 have historically occurred in our third fiscal quarter. Therefore, we anticipate that our second half quarterly growth profile will more closely follow our historical seasonal trends, and year over year growth will moderate. So basically, they're saying like we're going to see smoothing if you average it out, right? But we're just going to see some of it front loaded in this quarter. The the fact that it arrived earlier should actually be bullish because uh, every model that anybody would ever use would discount the future to the present, and the discount factor went down a little bit anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so basically, if you're looking at another thing, you have to consider. Uh, so Barrington Research they cut their rating on the stock from a market perform. Uh, to a market perform from an outperform, so like that's that's another thing that might have slightly moved the needle right. on this company. But I think the reality here is, if you liked Umbrella before their earnings, you should right. still like them now. Got it. And if you didn't have them on your radar, maybe just keep an eye on them. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what's going on with GoPro before we uh, head out here? Yeah. So GoPro, same story. I mean, they're impacted yeah. by the same news. Um, and just given Umbrella's exposure, like they're naturally going to move with them. Uh, so this is basically all derivative concern. And I think the important thing to note here is there hasn't been anything from GoPro directly saying, "Yeah, it's just a sympathy sell-off." Like there's no, yeah. yeah GoPro hasn't said we're expecting lower volumes. You know, like I mean, you can read into their product release and say, you know, they might be a little bit more front-loaded in this upcoming quarter, but their guidance for the upcoming quarter was still solid. Um, and so, one of the things, you know, again, it's like you look at what happened with Amarella, and they had it wasn't just GoPro that right. they that had uh, one of their um, and customers had released new products. Uh, they had flying camera models from DJI, dash cams, and IP security customers all release new products. So this impressive uh, revenue beat and income beat is also tied to that. It is not just tied to GoPro and the new Hero release. Um, so it sounds like, from Umbrella's perspective, all of their segments are firing at all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And what it comes down to is the market is, I think, over-reading into uh you know some some of the possible issues with Umbrella, but again, I think it's more of a smoothing thing. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Before we head out, uh, what do you think of their valuations? I mean, I think GoPro looks pretty attractive right now. I, I've, it's a company that I've always thought is very expensive, and uh, again, like if I think same thing with Umbrella. If you liked them before this news, right, you should still like them. Probably really like them, right. And if you haven't really had them on your radar, I think this is a company to watch, especially if it stays at this current valuation. So, um, GoPro has a trailing PE of thirty-five and a forward PE around twenty. 
I've seen worse. Yeah, I've seen yeah. worse, and <laughs> it's a really high-growth company right now. Right. So uh, it's a pretty attractive valuation for a company with their growth prospects. Cool. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Dylan. Always a pleasure. We'll Sean. see you next week. And if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!